0: This is The Annex, a sociology podcast. I'm Joseph Cohn from the City University of New York, Queens College.
1: I'm Leslie Hangson from Georgetown University. I'm Jean Beeman from Purdue University.
0: Our guest is Margaret Hagerman from Mississippi State. Today, fact-checking ethnography. Our discussion was recorded on March 27th, 2019. How many of you guys have seen that back and forth between on context between Michael Burroway and I don't know how to pronounce his name Stephen Lubet? Does anybody know?
2: I always say it's Lubet, but I just say that because it's French I mean, so I don't know I always oh yeah, French names like in look
0: at you hauling in your your cultural capital,
1: yeah, like I just assumed that, but that could be- <laughs> yeah, and as a New Yorker, I would have just said love it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's go with Lubet. He's a, a professor from Northwestern. <laughs> Lubet is a professor from Northwestern. And he wrote an interesting piece on documenting ethnographic research, or not documenting, fact-checking. And basically, I mean, to, uh, I think, people in the field, it's some issues that we've all thought about, you know, uh, he basically talked about ethnographic standards of evidence and whether thinking about legal standards of evidence might help us build better ethnographies. And uh, in his original argument, you know, he just talked about uh, triangulating uh, narrative accounts with, uh, you know, official records or uh, I think that's the basic thrust of it Uh, and developing what he calls an institutional skepticism, or adversary testing, where basically when you're confronted with an ethnography, we develop the practice of going out and fact checking what's being said to see if we can see if we can trust the ethnography. So then Michael Borowoy issues a response, and truthfully, I didn't find it to be very compelling or forcefully coherent. Does any did anybody read it and read it very sympathetically? Because I can give you a, my rendering of it, but it might not be as sympathetic.
1: I did not read it. Give your rendering.
0: All right. Well, I just think he was like, you're nitpicking. It's sort of, this was a very standard response. It's like, uh, he he accuses Lubet of nitpicking and uh, uh, saying, you know, if finding a factual inconsistency doesn't invalidate the totality of the observation and that true objective facts are hard to find and all facts are seen through a prism of, you know, subjective opinion or viewpoint or whatever. I, I mean, we all know, you know, we know this take. And well, first of all, if any of you have followed this, what do you think of that idea? Developing an institutional skepticism about ethnography—is this something that we really need? Is it productive? Should we be going in and fact-checking?
1: I I thought that that was what we were supposed to do anyway. Yeah. I thought one of the norms of the scientific community was this thing called organized skepticism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you know what, like sh- like show me your evidence, right? Mm-hmm um, and let me also read your interpretation. And then, you know what, I just might be doing a little bit of, you know, Googling,
0: right. <laughs>
1: or or if I'm, if I'm from the place, I might go and walk around myself. I mean, these are things that, uh, as, as someone who does, who does consume ethnographies that I think about these things all the time. Right.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I guess what I find sort of odd about his line of Stanley Lubet or Lubet's uh, line of critique and, you know, not just this piece, but also the whole book that he wrote about interrogating ethnography, it, mm. it sort of presumes that like ethnographers are already doing. this, So the sort of sense is it is already built into what we're doing as ethnographers. So I sort of feel like it's a right. bit of a, um, straw man's argument in that sense. Like who was who is the ethnographer who's saying we don't do this? Like I don't know who that person is.
1: Well, but. I mean I I mean I think we've had some cases in the recent past. But besides, but no but seriously though, but but like I think I think I
2: think it's. I think it, it's like how much is Alice Goffman's work?
1: Hey, I never said any
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey! Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I no, <laughs> go, go, go! Finish your thought. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, no, 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 no Yeah, of course you did not. No, because I want to I bring it up. Um, hmm. I, I don't, but I think the question becomes like I think he takes on the run and her, you know, her work as a indicative or representative of ethnography as a mm. whole and i don't believe that i believe that right. that's an exception to a general practice general practices that ethnographers already do but i think let's, let's say you disagree with that
1: yeah i mean i think i i i'm saying that i think maybe we're making a little bit too much of this unless mm. because i i always assumed that And not just the people, not just ethnographers themselves, the ones who are conducting the research, Mm -hmm. but also the people who are reading that research. Mm -hmm. Right. Like all understand that we are meant to not believe everything. Right. We are meant we are meant to read and we are meant to analyze and we are meant to we are meant to judge whether or not the evidence that the ethnographer presents is 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 such that. We're like, okay, we think that this is reliable, Hmm. right? You know, just the same way we look at someone's like tables, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, like actually, I don't think that that confidence interval, like, actually coincides with this, you know, level of significance or whatever, right? Right. Um, So uh, I I just kind of like I'm just confused as to why you need a whole book.
2: It was it's I think it's an (laughs) odd. Book. So I mean, I mean to be honest, like I think it's an odd critique. So I teach graduate level qualitative methods, and so I decided because I thought that would be like you know spice things up. But I think it's mm-hmm. again, like these are the sort of things that I think are built into the method of doing ethnographic research, the sort of how you triangulate, how you know that what people are saying actually makes sense to them, et cetera, et cetera. So like I don't really know, I don't know where why he feels like this intervention is needed. I'm still kind of waiting. Like I, I, that still is not clear for me, even from the book and from this context piece.
1: Mm. Well, well, it seemed really reactionary to me, right? I mean, it's like, here's this, you know, here's this hot story, right? And and the thing is, I mean, I, I, you know, um, to be fair, it wasn't just Alice Goffman. I mean, I think that there have, I mean, even before on the run there had been other ethnographies that you know have you know the kind of results have been called into question you know uh with some of the other with some pieces after on the run with people questioning the ethics you know of some of the ethnographers so um you know i my whole like i would get like i get it if maybe this book was Less. I mean, I don't know if the book is the book geared towards ethnographers and telling them how to do their work, or is it geared towards readers and telling them how to assess uh, the evidence?
2: I think definitely the former. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: okay. Well, then I don't see any need. I don't see any need for that. I think ethnographers know what they're supposed to be doing.
2: Yeah. So that's. What I, I, yeah. So I think we're basically. I mean, I think a lot of that is built into the practice of doing this field work. So mm-hmm. that's. What, yeah. But I think your point about the reading thing is well taken, but I think he's actually talking to sort of how do we, how do ethnographers actually do ethnography? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then from what you, from like your summary of Burroy's argument, it sounded a whole lot like get off my lawn. Yeah. That's that's how I read it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You
1: know, (laughs) this is not your business,
2: right? (laughs) There's something to be said for that. Like he's not an ethnographer. It's not, I I don't know. Like I, I don't think, yeah, I, I guess I just find, I find this critique bizarre, and it? it's strange to me that he still keeps coming back to this.
0: Maggie, what do you think? you think uh, that there's a, there's a problem in ethnography, or uh, what's your view on interrogating ethnography, or at least the idea that there's some type of problem with poorly documented or purely sub- poorly substantiated ethnographies going on?
3: I mean, I think I agree with basically um, what Leslie and Jean were saying. I mean, I know that the Goffman thing is very sensational, and there's been so much to do about it, you know, over time, and it's like, doesn't go away ever, um, but,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel It will not die.
0: Right,
3: right, and I don't know, so I, just, I guess I just feel like, well, certainly there are definitely ethnographies that... Like we can all critique and talk about, I I think generally ethnographers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. I, I guess agree. that's that's not going to sell a book. You're yeah. all doing a good job, by Joe Cohen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, because his whole angle is sort of no one sought to do these things. It's like everyone's sought to do these <laughs> 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 I mean, it's,
0: it's
2: those kind of things. Like, I could those kind of arguments.
0: He, so. okay, so he has to. There's an interesting third follow-up piece that discusses Alice Goffman. And uh, he talks about how in some states, like for example, if you're drive if you're driving around with someone who intends to kill someone else, and you actually go through with it, in some laws you are guilty of murder as well yeah. for participating in a crime. And uh, there was an interesting uh, issue that uh, this guy uh, Lubet uh, Lubay uh, Ray love it, love it,
2: <laughs> <laughs> loving
0: it oh my God is it, yeah,
2: <laughs> so, yeah <I'm>
0: <laughs> but like what do you what, what, i I thought that was a point that was worth pressing uh with your graduate students like what yeah. about the idea of studying crime like a Sudhir Venkatesh or, or uh Alice Goffman who purportedly go and hang out with bad people and watch them do bad things um should should Goffman had that actually happen should Goffman have tried to stop this guy from you know trying to get his revenge killing should you know if we're studying drug dealers and we're watching a drug dealer deal drugs to to kids like what what are the ethical boundaries like there's clear legal boundaries and you can be at risk but what would you tell your students about this uh, this type of risk
2: Well, I mean, I think – yeah, I think that what you just presented, I mean, I think that's, like, fruitful to discuss in a graduate seminar Mm -hmm. more so than the other issues that I I sort of brought up that Mm he's brought forth. Because it's like, yeah, like, you know, what is the line in terms of what what, what are you willing to do? What consequences are you willing to endure, et cetera, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is all sort of part of how ethnographers figure out how they're actually going to do the work that they do.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I kind of – you know, I kind of see it as, you know, like what would Lenny Briscoe do when he was undercover on law and order? What <laughs> lines wouldn't Lenny Briscoe cross, right? And if and if and if Lenny Briscoe isn't going to cross that line, you sure as hell shouldn't shouldn't be crossing that line because he's got a certain amount of of legal immunity because he's a detective, right? an ethnographer is not a detective an ethnographer has not been imbued with like special dispensation from the law to engage in unlawful behavior or to aid and abet in unlawful behavior
0: i would tell students you know like uh, so, so you know i could imagine there are some young students who are willing to whisk, risk legal hazard to get this career i mean look at the sacrifices people make to become academics oh yeah i you know and i would tell students listen it's just a job like it's just, <laughs> just a job once you get it so don't don't you know don't risk your uh, don't risk yourself for that
2: but it's interesting the way that you set that up though joe because it makes me makes me also think about like the sort of romance for lack of a better word of doing these kinds of ethnographies mm-hmm. sort of maybe Feeling like it's very sexy to be in this, you know, you know, in this around dangerous people doing dangerous things, yeah, et cetera. So I think that's part of
3: kind of what's happening here too,
0: as well. Oh yeah, the the bad decisions that you make when you're young. Exactly. And I
3: also think that there's something to be said for like thinking about things like positionality. You know, I mean, like obviously it's it's fun to talk about the legal side of things and right. the risks that come, but I think that for most ethnographies that's not those are not the real central concerns or issues you know i mean i think for Mm -hmm. a lot of us that every day navigating the field and sort of making decisions that have ethical implications you know and so i think that in terms of teaching you know those are the those are the really not the legal stuff isn't important too Mm -hmm. but i think that that stuff is is also really um important it shouldn't get left out And, and thinking about like what are the, like? Who are you and what kind of project are you going to be doing given your position, you know, um, especially if we want to challenge some of the, you know, problematic nature of ethnographies that are told from a position of, you know, someone in a position of power about people who are marginalized, you know, so I think it's more complicated than just the legal stuff, at least in my view.
0: So what, what, what do you advise students along those lines? Like, uh, so I, I come in and I, I'm a student, I, all I want to do is be a badass. And hang out with uh, I, I, if i'm getting you right you're saying i i i understand you to be saying like or are you saying uh think about the the broader implications of what you're studying and don't narrowly uh focus on the legal is that what you're you're getting at
3: i just think that you know often if you have students that want to just like do something dangerous or something, which I have never had students like that. I mean, I've had students that have proposed projects that have some risks involved for sure. But mm. um, but if I did have a student that was in it for that reason, I probably would not encourage them to <laughs> continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I think the reality of doing ethnography is that there are so many complexities. I mean, you're trying to understand processes, like everyday processes, how people make sense of things. And so that comes, that you're dealing with people and that comes with all kinds of implications. And so I just think you know, we should be teaching our students to think about where you're located as a person, you know, like what's your race, what's your gender, what, you know, how, how are these, how is your position going to shape the project that you're doing? And, um, yeah, I think it's important.
0: But Maggie, do you think like the sexiness, like the sizzle sells the steak a little bit? Like I could give you like a really well organized and executed, but humdrum, study on corporate decision making or I could give you like a slip shot ethnography where I live with Nazis for two years. Which one do you think is gonna get the job? <laughs> you
2: know Or we gonna get the book contract.
0: Uh, I yeah. gotta say living with the Nazis will probably get you the book contract. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong?
3: No, I agree I'm agreeing with you.
0: Yeah. So it's it's I guess it's one of the tensions. But, if they're
3: gonna live with the Nazis then, you know, you should be I, I think that students should be Thinking ahead of time about okay, well, what is that going to mean? You know, like what are the what are the kinds of situations I might find myself in? You know, what are the risks? Um, I don't think anyone just like goes into the well. I hope people just don't go into the field not having a sense of what might present itself. You know, I mean, obviously you can never predict, but mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Annex, a sociology podcast. A special thank you to Margaret Hagerman from Mississippi State. Margaret recently published "White Kids: Growing Up with Privilege in a Racially Divided America" with NYU Press. Also, a special thank you to Gene Beeman for uh, guest hosting. We're on the web, sociocast.org/annex, on Twitter at socannex, and on Facebook, the Annex Sociology Podcast. Our producer is Lyseth Moreno. On behalf of Leslie Hinkson and Gene Beeman, I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.